What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Back with us for the weekly football predictions. We have Jackson Powers. Uh, long time no see, Jackson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Christmas Eve, we have we have one college football game today. I'm not including those in this. We I uh, I put out my whole bowl predictions. It's on the blog, the redshirt.blog, as well as the previous episode of Jacob Siegel. Uh, I urge you guys to check that out. So far, I want to say I won. I I was right on. Let's see. I am. I I was off on the first two. I, I think I'm two and three right now. I'm two and three, so not great, but we'll get there. Uh, we're not we're not here to talk college though. I brought Jackson on to talk some NFL. And NFL this year, we have Christmas football. Um, they're instead of playing on Christmas Eve, they'll be uh, competing with the NBA. We got Friday night football, and that'll be the Minnesota Vikings as seven point underdogs going to the New Orleans Saints. Jackson. Um. So I expect a Saints victory coming out of the game with a 24 to 20 win. Uh, One thing to keep in mind is that the Saints only real offensive source this season has been Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees came back last game and he looked absolutely terrible, completing a mere 44% of his passes, not to mention his favorite target, Michael Thomas, just got sent to IR and he'll be done for the rest of the season. Hopefully, will be coming back during playoff time. Uh, One thing to keep in mind, Dalvin Cook questionable with a concussion. So the Vikings run game would have to lead on Boise State native Alexander Madison, assuming Dalvin Cook does not play. Uh, One matchup I'm really eager to see is that the Saints have the fourth best run defense in the league, allowing a mere 95.6 rush yards per game. Although in their past three games, on average, they've allowed 165 rush yards a game, which is very big difference between the two. Uh, I'm looking for a pretty low scoring game, pretty mere offense out of the two. Uh, If the Vikings want to win this, they really need to look to game plan against Alvin Kamara, because as of right now, he's the only one who really needs to be stopped on that Saints offense. Yeah, I think Drew Brees' return definitely left a lot to be desired, albeit he was going against a formidable Chiefs team, but completing less than half of his passes, he just he just didn't look he didn't look right. They and they still almost won that game. I mean, they were in it. I think the Vikings are in a weird spot. They're not going to the playoffs. That lo- that loss to the Bears was pretty demoralizing, but I think they I think they're still a pretty solid team. Um the the availability of Dalvin Cook's going to be big against an already pretty good New Orleans defense. I think I I like New Orleans in this, but I think seven points the rematch of uh that post of you know many of these postseason games between the Vikings and Saints. The Vikings don't really have anything to play for anymore, but I don't I don't know if New Orleans right now is explosive enough to really blow them out of the water. So I'll I'll take the Vikings for the seven. And I'll say thirty to twenty-seven Saints. I think I could definitely see some special teams and defensive touchdowns in this one. Um, next one we have a Saturday slate as well. We have uh, four different days this week. 
Uh, we'll start it off. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nine and a half point favorites on the road against the Detroit Lions. And the fun fact for the Detroit Lions, their interim head coach, Matt Patricia, was fired earlier this year, uh, has been announced unavailable due to coronavirus guidelines. So they'll be having an interim interim head coach for this game. Uh, I see the Bucks winning this one 27 to 15, covering that nine and a half point spread. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that Stafford is listed as questionable right now, and Galladay has already been ruled out. Uh, so pretty lackluster pass, defense, pass offense to be expected from this Lions team. So if you'd expect them to rely on their run game, then you can expect a pretty tough day from that Lions offense, considering Tampa Bay has the best rush defense in the league, allowing a allowing the least rush yards per game with 77.8. And that is 16.3 yards less than the next closest of the Rams. Um, the Buccaneers are expected to have everyone play right now, although it will be interesting to see whether or not Ronald Jones clears COVID protocol. If he does not, Leonard Fournette will be that starting back. And we saw him take on that role last week. He put up two touchdowns last week. Uh, the Lions are pretty terrible at home. Only one, only one win at home on the year. Um, and all in all, I just expect a pretty overpowering defensive performance for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think um, I think the Bucks are going to be very, very dominant. I think this is going to be um, this is going to be an embarrassing one for the Lions. They they've just been riddled with injuries. They haven't had a consistently healthy Stafford. Kenny Galladay has just barely even played this season. It's just it's hard because, I mean, you think the Lions going into this year, there was good reason for a lot of people to think they were a sleeper team. There's a lot of talent around there, but it's just it's kind of hard to see this all coming together this week against a Buccaneers team, which, truth be told, I mean, they, they were able to escape against Atlanta. If it's any other team besides Atlanta, Atlanta probably holds on there. I think Tom Brady and co., they come out and they just overpower um, and overmatched Lions defense and then the Buccaneers defensively can take advantage of a very injured Lions offense. I think a lot of points for the Buccaneers, 38 to 17. I'm totally fine with taking that nine and a half line. I'm a poet, nine and a half line, and I'm totally fine. Pause for laughter. Um, next, we have um, the battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals are five point favorites and yes the Cardinals are actually the home team um the Niners have been playing in Arizona but the Cardinals are the home team for this affair uh I'm looking for the Cardinals to make good on that five point favorite spread I have them winning 28 to 12 uh Niners coming out of their last game with even more injuries including quarterback Nick Mullins uh, C.J. Bethard will be starting at QB this week, and he'll have newly acquired Josh Rosen backing him up. Uh, as of right now, from what I can tell, the Niners are just in full tank mode after that loss to the Dallas Cowboys last week. Um, one thing I've seen from Niners fans is that they're very hopeful to possibly snag Justin Fields, hoping he falls to them, assuming he isn't taken earlier. Uh, cards really need to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive with a very tight NFC wild card battle. Um, and all in all, I just see the Cardinals matching up really well against a team who has just been eliminated from playoff contention last week. So I don't really see the Niners pulling this one out. Yeah, I think I think the Niners might have a little 
I think they'll have a, maybe a little more offensive success than most expect. I think they might be able to get a couple things going. Because truth be told, I don't think there's going to be a massive drop off from Mullins to Bethard. Um, but I don't. I really, it's hard to picture the Niners winning this one. They're at five and nine. It's more beneficial to lose. The Cardinals are playing for a lot. I think the Niners can keep it close for a little bit, but they're just so banged up and just so defeated. I, let's let's get a real quarterback in San Francisco. I don't know if they'll really be in range to get someone like Justin Fields, but give them Trey Lance, give them Zach Wilson, give them one of those dynamic playmakers. They um, we I think we all as fans deserve to see someone like that in that Kyle Shanahan offense. So I'll say uh, the 49ers, they'll go down. It'll be 34 to 24 Cardinals. They'll cover that five-point spread. Next, the last Saturday game, the Miami Dolphins are field goal favorites playing at the Death Star against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Yeah, I have the Dolphins making good on that spread, winning 21 to 17. Right now, the Dolphins have grown to become one of the best defenses in the league. They have a fantastic secondary with arguably the best cornerback in the league, Xavier Howard leading the charge. The Raiders have been pretty miserable at home this year, winning two out of the seven games we've played. Uh, Derek Carr is pretty questionable right now. He's in full practice right now, but we'll see if he can come back to play this game. We saw a little bit of Marcus Mariota action last week, and he looked like a really good quarterback. So I think their offense will be in good hands whoever plays uh Tua last week managed to get the job job done versus new england without Devonte parker or mike Gesicki, his two favorite targets both are questionable going into this game and are limited as of yesterday and i think as of what we've seen in my opinion brian Floyd, flores is probably the coach of the year this year i could see the argument first defense yeah he's got to be he's got but I, I could see the argument for stefanski but i think this- flores has yeah. got to be the coach so I think his defense is going to overpower the Raiders' offense this week. Yeah, I think there should be a bit of a slugfest. That's kind of how the Dolphins play. Um, they don't beat you scoring 30, 40 points. They drag down your offense. I think Tua showed a lot of grit last week without, like you said, some of his top targets and going up against even you know even if it's not um the typical brand of patriots elite elite defense and you know powerhouse patriots the patriots have consistently been nightmare fuel for rookie quarterbacks and he wasn't perfect by any means but he got it done he had a couple clutch rushing touchdowns i think against a, a much easier raiders defense i think he can do enough i think whether it be Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota at the helm uh, this Dolphins defense, they uh, I think people expected them to be a decent unit. I don't think anyone expected them to play this well. So I think they can definitely handle Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, whoever it be. Uh, this it, I could definitely see the Raiders taking this, but it's hard to bet against the Miami defense right now, especially with the question mark as to who's going to be under center for the Raiders. So I'll take the Dolphins and I'll take a cover. I'll say 27 to 18 Dolphins. And going back to that coach of the year conversation, I think, I mean, you got to praise Kevin Stefanski for what he's done, but this is, I think it's a lot more unheralded what the Miami Dolphins have done because I mean, when you just look at this team, I think people could have seen them outperforming certain expectations, but being a playoff team, I, you, you couldn't sell me on that. No doubt. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think one thing that Brian Flores has done this year is make Bill Belichick t- Bill Belichick type moves where he makes a backup look like a starter, where he has he can create the depth in his team to have success no matter who's injured. And I mean, when you look at it, the it's weird. The AFC East being always being dominated by the Patriots. When you look at it, it's looking a lot, a lot Bills and Dolphins moving forward. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so I mean, I, I <laughs> whatever. But they, I mean, they're already possibly going to field a playoff team this year. They're going to have a top ten pick from the Texans, and they'll also have their first rounder get get two of some weapons, get him, you know, one of his old teammates, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, get him form, you know, LSU guy, Jamar Chase, get him a receiver, maybe another piece on the offensive line. You can load up on that defense. couple more weapons. This is a team that can compete for years to come. Uh, moving to the Sunday slate, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They go to Kansas City to face off against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. And I have the Chiefs covering that. I have them winning 35-18. to 18. There's not really much to say, out, say about this game. Chiefs have a pretty clear number one seed in the AFC, which they'll clinch if they win this game. Falcons just don't have the pieces to stop. Could be MVP Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Falcons defense is 28th in yards per game allowed. All in all, I just don't see the Falcons putting up a competitive performance. This is the best team in the league versus one of the worst defenses in the league. I don't really know what else you could expect here. Yeah, I think I think the Falcons will be able to muster some points. It's a good it's a good Chiefs defense, but I think uh, the Falcons will score a little bit. Odds are, I think if I'm really going to make a very serious prediction, I would say they start off winning twenty seven nothing, and the Chiefs sank forty one consecutive. But <laughs> It's just hard to really imagine the Chiefs not winning this game, going up against such an awful Falcons defense. I think Patrick Mahomes will have a field day. This is a great opportunity to boost that resume for the MVP while, you know, his top competition, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he plays on Sunday night football. He gets he gets the Falcons. I think he can take advantage of that. I think they'll have a big day. Um, ten and a half. I think so far I've had – excluding the Vikings I've had we've I've had everyone cover so I'll take um I'll take the Chiefs to cover I'll say 41 to 27 Chiefs I suppose you could have assumed that after I said the uh Falcons start off 27 nothing give up 41 consecutive but uh, (laughs) the show goes on next we have um the Kevin Stefanski, as we mentioned earlier, led Cleveland Browns they're nine and a half favorites against the no longer winless New York football Jets. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the spread this week, Browns are nine and a half point favorites. I have them covering that, winning 42 to 17. Uh, the Jets last week blew the number one pick. And now, from what I've seen, they could be taking quarterback Justin Fields, offensive tackle Penny Sewell. It'll be interesting to see what they do here, but I can't imagine they win any of these last two games this season. Browns are looking to close in on a division win after the Steelers have been pretty cold, dropping the, dropping their last three games. Um, here, it's the simplest way to put it, one team trying to win and another team trying to lose. So some things I can expect from the Browns offense is a pretty big day from Nick Chubb early 
And then I think the Browns are going to pull ahead and then start giving carries to Kareem Hunt. But other than that, I really don't see how the Jets could be projected projected to take this one. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally with you. I think the Jets, honestly, we don't have an awful defensive line to stack up against their running attack. But Nick Trouble, still, he'll have a great day. And I think we can expect a big day from Baker Mayfield exploiting. I mean, we have we have high schoolers playing cornerback. I, I think it's very fair to say that what happened last week was quite the fluke, albeit a franchise-altering fluke, um, but a fluke nonetheless. So I don't really see a path to victory for the New York Jets. I think we'll fall back to Jets territory. Um, the numbers have shown uh, the Jets have done a pretty good job of covering at home, but I think the Browns, they have legitimate motivation to go out there and dominate this game, uh, trying to win that division title. So I think I think they take care of business. I have the Browns covering easily. I'll say 35-17. Next, we have uh, the Indianapolis Colts, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I was reading about this big swing uh, because they – Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers started this one as a favorite, but um, that Monday night loss, Vegas swung the other way to the Colts. So we have Colts one and a half versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this is going to be a fantastic game this week. I have the Colts coming on top 21 to 18. Uh, As I said earlier, Steelers dropping their last three games after starting 11 and 0. This is a matchup of two of the best defenses all season. The Steelers are second in yards per game allowed and also second in scoring allowed. The last three games, they have allowed an average of 25.3 points per game this season, though, compared to their 16-game average, 18.9. The Colts are seventh in yards per game allowed and 11th in points per game allowed. Uh, The last three games, they've allowed 80 yards on average more per game. So as we've seen, these are two great defenses, but both of them have been pretty cold as of late. So it'll be interesting to see which of these defenses can step it up and get the job done. Uh, One matchup, though, that doesn't surprise me at all after how poorly the Steelers have been playing, the Indy offense completely outranks the Steelers offense. Indy is 12th in yards per game and 8th in points per game compared to Pittsburgh's 25th in yards per game and 13th in points per game. Both of them are searching for division titles here, so this is a very important game. The Colts have quite a bit on the injury report. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Phillip Rivers, Anthony and Anthony Costanzo did not practice. Quentin Nelson was also limited. So to conclude, I see a very good low-scoring defensive game with the Colts coming out on top. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of uh, trench battle and good defense, this is the one for you. I think um, I think this is a tough matchup for the Steelers. These, these two teams are really similar. I just think it's a tough matchup for the Steelers because they've been struggling offensively, not going up necessarily against defensive juggernauts, the likes of the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily as confident in the Colts being dynamic offensively, but being a little, I would say less anemic than the Steelers. I think um, you get a couple big runs from Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, you know, I think whether it be Phillip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett, um, I think a couple plays is all you need. And it's going to be tough. This is definitely a formidable Steelers defense, but 
the way the Steelers have been playing, it's just not putting enough points to really give me confidence of their win. Big Ben, it's really hard to forecast him having a good game with the way that he's been playing. So... I, I, I just, I got to lean Colts. It's essentially, I mean, spread-wise, is essentially just taking out Red. So I'll take the Colts. I'll say 24 to 20. Um, shout out Juju Smith-Schuster, Corvette Corvette. Um, <laughs> uh, next game, uh, the game that my eyes will be glued on the most is a matchup of uh, two teams that most likely are not going to be going to the playoffs. That being the Chicago Bears headed to Jacksonville to take on the one-win, number-one pick-holding Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are a touchdown-and-a-half favorites. Uh, I have the Jaguars making good on the spread, but overall I see the Bears coming out on top 20-14. to 14. This is going to be the absolute opposite of the game we just talked about. This is going to be a pretty boring game between two overall bad teams. Um, I see the Bears coming out on top because now that Jacksonville holds the number one pick, the tank for Trevor has begun. I don't see Jacksonville really putting up a competitive game. Uh, James Robinson, probably the only bright spot in their offense this year, is not practicing. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays or not. Uh, The Bears are one spot out of a wild card game. So I think overall, like I said in one of the games before, this is one team trying to win here and one team trying to lose. And I think they'll make this the win-win situation that they're looking for. Well, I'm going to leave it at this. I'm a New York Jets fan, if, if you've listened to the podcast or if you've listened to any part of this earlier podcast even. The New York Jets currently hold the second pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars hold the first pick. It's not rocket science. The Jacksonville Jaguars win. The New York Jets lose. The New York Jets take the first pick overall. And I'm not saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win. I'm not saying I necessarily even think they're going to win. But I they they have to. They, they have to win. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has to be a New York Jet. I think Mitch Trubisky needs to do some classic Mitch Trubisky and play awful. He hasn't been playing like Mitch Trubisky the last few weeks. He's been competent. I need some Minshew magic. I will personally pay money to a charity of, of their, <laughs> of their respective, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll donate to their charities if the Jacksonville Jaguars win this game. So I'm not necessarily saying I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win. I'm saying they will win. I am manifesting that. I am manifesting Trevor Lawrence being a New York Jet, and that is why I'll take the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-21. to Duval, shout out Jake Norton. You're definitely not listening to this, but go you. Um, next, we have the New York Giants uh, headed to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens 11-point favorites. Uh, I have this being a closer game than Vegas predicts. I have the Ravens coming out on top 21 to 15. Uh, the Giants, I just expect them to abs- to get absolutely overpowered on offense. Baltimore this year, they're ninth in yards per game allowed and fourth in points per game allowed. Meanwhile, Giants are second to last in both of those stats. Giants being second to last in yards per game and points per game. Uh Although the Giants do have a good run defense and against probably the best running team in the league in the Baltimore Ravens, they've been held back this year by some pretty poor play calling by offensive coordinator Greg Roman. 
But I think now that he's kind of started to figure out where their offense should be headed after that Ravens-Browns game a few weeks ago, this Ravens team looks pretty dangerous. Uh, they're trying to sneak up for the last wild card spot in the AFC. Uh, I think Giants will look pretty good on defense, and that's going to be a pretty competitive matchup whenever Lamar Jackson is going to be on the field. But their offense will just not have the tools to get the job done. Yeah, I um, I have a hard time picking the Giants. I know, I don't, I, I will never really understand why people were having some hype in the Giants a couple weeks ago. I know they won a couple games, but that offense never. I was never sold on that offense ever being good enough to even win the NFC East. Um, I think the defense is definitely, it definitely is serviceable, but I think the Baltimore Ravens are starting to, you know, find their footing a little bit. I think that Lamar Jackson, this is the kind of team that his dynamic running ability um, is going to give the Ravens success. And I think this 11 points, I'll, I'll give it easy. I think this is going to be a blowout. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, they need it, it. They've been winning games. It feels like because they're the Ravens that they should just be sitting pretty in the playoffs. They're not. They they need this game. They need to win versus the Giants. They I, I really don't see that playoff forecast for them. I think the Ravens handle this very easily. Uh, 31 to 13. Um, next one, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. They pulled the upset on Monday Night Football. Uh, they're gonna have to try to do the same or not, depending on. I don't know if you're if you're a fan. I guess you hope they don't. Um, they're eight point underdogs against the Houston Texans. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, I have the Texans covering on this one, winning twenty seven to fourteen. Uh, Tyler Boyd is not practicing this week with a concussion, so I kind of doubt he'll be playing. But the Bengals are coming off that big statement win against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Um, as you said, Corvette, Corvette to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Deshaun Watson looking like a dark horse MVP candidate this year. I don't think he'll win it, but he has been absolutely fantastic as of late. Um, I think Deshaun Watson has a pretty terrible team around him, but when you put him up against a defense as miserable as Cincinnati, I think you can't really bet against him right here. Uh, although it will be competitive, this should be a competitive game within the secondary uh jesse bates in my opinion a pretty big pro bowl snub uh he's been possibly the best safety in the league this year he's been absolutely fantastic for this Bengals defense i just don't see it being enough to trump deshaun watson and the texans yeah uh in terms of outright i don't think it's a question i think the texans just deshaun watson alone lifts me that way you spoke on Jesse Bates, definitely um, deserving of that Pro Bowl honors. Whole lot, lot of Pro Bowl snubs, just kind of how it goes. But I don't know. I think this Texans team, because of Deshaun Watson, you'd think they'd be able to win more games um, by bigger margins. I think eight points. It sitting at eight intrigues me. Um, so I'm actually. I don't think necessarily. I think the Bengals are even gonna play that competitive. But I think for a team like the Texans, who have Deshaun Watson but haven't really inspired me to think that they're that great of a team overall, I think the Bengals will cover it at eight. Um, I think the Texans win by one touchdown. I'll say 27-20 Texans. Um, shout out Cooper Leda, uh, former guest of the podcast, uh, Panay Sewell, Panay Sewell to uh, 
Cincinnati, we'll see. Uh, next up, we have the Denver Broncos taking on the uh, blech, Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers three-point favorites. Uh, yeah, I actually have a bust on this game with the Broncos winning 24-21. to 21. The Broncos' offense is very inconsistent, primarily coming from quarterback Drew Locke, but they're going up against a pretty shaky Chargers defense. Uh, this is two fairly bad ASC West teams looking to get a better draft pick. Philip Lindsay has not been practicing this week, which could lead to possibly another Melvin Gordon start who had two touchdowns in his start last week. Uh, Chargers also have a pretty big injury report with Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen not practicing and Joey Bosa also limited. Um, if Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen are not playing, I would expect a pretty big game from Austin Eckler after his game last week was fairly disappointing for fantasy owners of him. Uh, I expect a pretty turnover-heavy game. The Broncos are dead last in turnover differential with a negative 18 differential, whereas the Chargers are pretty middle in the pack, breaking even. So I, this game could go either way, although I have the Broncos coming on top. I think Drew Locke will be able to do good against this Chargers defense. I know the Chargers are the Chargers, and I, I do like Drew Locke. I think he gets a little bit too much of a bad rap. He's he's still young, um, and he's shown some promise. But it's hard for me to bet against Justin Herbert in the sense that despite you know the Chargers finding ways to choke around him, this Broncos team has just looked unenthused and just bad at most points of this season so although it's the chargers i hate the chargers they'll probably find a way to choke it Uh, this is a denver broncos defense that has not been good um and i think justin fields can gash that so i'll take the chargers um i have no issue covering the three i'll say 31 25 chargers um uh next one we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Washington football team. The football team, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Of note, uh, Dwayne Haskins will be starting this football game. Yeah, I have the football team coming out on top, winning 24-17 to and covering that two-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, Washington has been winning four of their last five recently. Their only loss was last week against Seattle where they put up a fairly competitive performance and only losing by five points. Both of these teams have pretty lackluster offenses. Both have very much to be seen from them. And as you said, Dwayne Haskins starting didn't look too great against Seattle, but we'll see how he can fare up against, in my opinion, a worse Carolina defense. Uh, Panthers, really, all they would need to do to win is just get the air attack going. Um as, as we've seen, the main strength in that Washington defense is that front four uh, led by probable defensive rookie of the year winner, uh, defensive end Chase Young. Uh, I think all they really need to do is if they can create that protection for Teddy Bridgewater, I think their receiving core is good enough to lead them to a W. Overall, I don't see it happening in the end. 
Uh, McCaffrey has not been practicing, and as I last checked, he was listed as doubtful to play this game. Terry McLaurin also not practicing, making this much tougher on that Washington offense to put points on the board. I think in the end, Washington will be relying on their defense for the win, but I could see this going either way. With Haskins starting again this week, as well as the possibility that we don't have Antonio Gibson, or you said you said Terry McLaurin is on the injury yeah, report? He's, yeah, wow. he's, he's not practicing. So that really is making me think about pulling a late audible because I'm a fan of this Washington team, but I, I like them a lot more when they have Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson. And, you know, I don't know. I think this Panthers team has not – I don't think this Panthers team is as good as Washington. I think Washington should win this game. But Dwayne Haskins is a big question mark for me. I know he showed um, some promise – at the end of that game against the Seahawks. But I just, there's so much going on with that guy that I'm really thinking about flipping my pick, but I won't. I'm going to stick with Washington. I think their defense is it going to be able to get it done. Um, I believe this is correct. I mean, I let me, let, let me just confirm this. I don't, cause I don't want to say this if this is incorrect, but I'm going to take the Washington football team in my now weekly score gummy, which let me just confirm that this is a score gummy. It is uh, 22 to 18 football team. And for those who don't know who a score gummy is, it's essentially um, when it's a score or like a score outcome in an NFL game that has never happened. So for example, like you can look up scoregami.com in a foot in an NFL game, the final score has never been 32 to 11. So it's just kind of an interesting little fun tidbit that people look at. Um, so yeah, 22, 18 football team. I believe there was a score got me last week. I don't recall what it was, but I'm pretty sure there was a score got me. Nonetheless, moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, two and a half point favorites with Jalen Hurts at the helm, uh, going to Jerry's world to play the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I have Philadelphia blowing that two and a half point spread out of the water, winning 28 to 17 against Dallas. Jalen Hurts right now is on fire, coming off a four-touchdown performance where he had a 102.3 passer rating. Uh, last game against Arizona, he had 401 total yards, which was more than any career game from Carson Wentz. So I think Philly has definitely found their QB1. Uh, Cowboys right now are the second-to-worst scoring defense right behind the New York Jets. Go uh, Jets! There's just <laughs> Yeah. There's a lack of production from this Dallas team. I think winning last week against San Fran was kind of a fluke. I guess the division is still up for grabs, but I really don't see anyone besides Washington taking it. Uh, I think that spread of minus two and a half is very, very generous to Dallas fans. If I were betting on this game, I would be taking Philadelphia in that spread any day. Um, Zeke is limited and Leighton Vander Esch is not practicing as of yesterday. And overall, the Cowboys just don't have the weapons on either side of the ball to pull out this game, especially against red hot Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think the spread ultimately you gotta assume a lot of it has to do with that win last week against the 49ers. The Cowboys offense might be able to muster something, but that defense is so bad and they are messing with the wrong guy. 
at the wrong time, and that is Jalen Hurts. I, I mean, what can you say about the guy? All he's done is overcome adversity um, at Alabama, lost the starting job, um, came back, won them an SEC championship, and then you have him. You went to Oklahoma. He played pretty well. People just keep doubting him. Uh, read, wrote him off as a, he's not an NFL quarterback. Gets drafted in an interesting spot in Philly, and all he's done is ball. I mean, I think people found his first start impressive. You know, I think they you thought he did pretty well, just showing some poise, making a couple of nice throws and running. And then last week, he just he was incredible. He went toe to toe with Kyler Murray. They he he was just incredible. He he showed great poise. He, everyone knows that he's a dynamic runner, and I think him doing well throwing the ball really um, gave him some credit and showed off his skills. And I can't, I think, I don't think there's a guy more deserving than Jalen Hurts for that success. I don't think Dallas is going to be able to do that much to stop them. I just, I don't know the dual, the dual threat for Jalen Hurts. I don't see the Cowboys having really any success stopping them. So I think they can win easily. I'll say 31 to 21 Eagles. I feel like I just rambled on there saying the same couple things over and over again. <laughs> uh, this one, uh, I mean, depends on your taste, but I, I'm going to call this one game of the week, essentially for the NFC West title. The Los Angeles Rams coming off a sickening loss at the hands of the New York Jets. Sickening is the only word to describe it against uh, Jackson's Seattle Seahawks. This game is – you might as well flip a coin on this game. I'm giving Seattle a one-point win only due to fan bias. I have them winning 28-27. If you told me you thought the Rams were going to win, I would totally see an argument for it. This, like you said, would easily have to be the best game this week. And this could very well decide the NFC West. Seattle would end up clinching the division with a win here. Uh, The Rams are probably the best defense in the league. They're first in yards per game allowed and third in points per game allowed. And Seattle has yet still has a pretty lethal offense, ninth in yards per game and fourth in points per game. Another fantastic matchup to watch is DK Metcalf versus Jalen Ramsey. Last time these two teams fared fared up, DK had four targets with two receptions and 28 yards on his total of 30 routes. Metcalf right now is fourth in receiving yards. So that's kudos to Jalen Ramsey for locking up a guy like DK Metcalf that well. Uh, Seattle is a pretty big injury report this week. Three of their starting O-linemen are on the report, including Brandon Shell, starting right tackle Brandon Shell and left guard Brandon Upati, both of them not practicing. And then starting left tackle Dwayne Brown, limited in practice. A new injury report starting defensive tackle Jaron Reed, not practicing, along with Carlos Dunlap and Chris Carson, limited. Um, overall, I have the Seahawks winning but this really could go either way. Uh, this is a super important game for the NFC playoff picture, especially that NFC West division. This this is going to be a super fun game to watch, especially as an insider who's a fan of one of these teams. Yeah, I think um, 
I'm super excited to see this rematch. And I can under, it's really a 50 50, you know, if you want to go based on line 51 49, whatever. It's, this is a very hard one to predict, but I am going to lean with the Los Angeles Rams. Last week really scared me. The fact that they lost to the New York Jets is worrisome, but I think a lot of that you can attribute to looking forward to this matchup. And also, you know, I think you got to tip your hat a little bit to the Jets playing a decent game. I think the play calling was pretty indicative that they weren't focused on that game. And, I mean, if they don't show up, then I guess this week, I guess you can dispute that. I think the Rams were looking forward to this game. And I think that defense... It gave Russell Wilson legitimate fits last time. When you uh, let me pull up, Russ, one of his one of his uh, I don't I, he he's had a couple of tough games, but he was twenty two of thirty seven, two hundred forty eight yards, two interceptions. They totally locked down Russell Wilson last time, and that's not to say I think that Russ will you know have a multi turnover game per se, but this Rams defense people you know, forget about it. feels like a bit of fatigue because they've been so good for so long. But Aaron Donald and that crew can get after anyone. I think the Seahawks will still put up some points. A lot of this is going to have to do uh, with if Jared Goff can actually produce a little bit. I think if he's on just about any other team, he's a considered a very bottom-tier quarterback. But he has Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay, can, if he can scheme it up right, I think the Rams, they can do just enough to get by. I believe, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Cam Akers will not be playing in this game, which is um, of note. Am, am I am I right on that? I'm. Yeah, yeah, Cam Akers is going to be okay. out for this one. Yes. Okay, I just, I just wanted to make sure. Um, so that, that that's a tough blow for the Rams running game. But the Seattle Seahawks defense isn't necessarily a formidable group. So in the end, you you can't really go wrong picking either way. But the way the Rams defense showed out against Russell Wilson last time, and I think, in, you know, eager after such a disappointing loss last week, I lean uh, with Los Angeles Rams. I'll say thirty-one to thirty in one of the better games of the year. And then we have Sunday Night Football. You a collection of really good games. The Tennessee Titans go to an, an empty Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this. Yeah, I have the Titans coming on top of this one, 35-31. These are two of the top three scoring offenses in the league. Titans ranked first and Packers ranked third. Uh, Derrick Henry fares against the 11-ranked rushing defense in the league. And compared to how well he's done this season, he should have an absolute feast of a game. Uh, This game is going to be very high scoring with how high powered these offenses are. Uh, Only two of the Packers wins this year were opponents with winning records. So that's pretty much the only reason why I don't see the Packers coming on top of this one. That and the fact that I don't think they'll really be able to contain Derrick Henry. Um, uh, looking towards the practice report, Aaron Jones and Zadarius Smith were limited. Aaron Jones being a huge factor in last week's win for the Packers against Carolina. Rushed for, I want to say, 129 yards. And that took a lot of the load off of that uh, pretty lackluster passing offense last week for 
Green Bay. And believe me, as a fantasy owner of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I was very disappointed to see Aaron Jones getting that big of a workload. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But overall in this game, I see the Titans coming out on top in another pretty good game this week. Yeah, I think this will be a good one. And, I mean, there's there, you kind of already outlined the one reason that I'm taking the Tennessee Titans, and that's Derrick Henry. I don't think – I mean, I don't really think any team can fully stop him, and especially this Green Bay Packers defense that it, it's left a lot to be desired, I think. there. I just don't really see a scenarios where they're going to be able to take down Derrick Henry. And it's also just – it doesn't really matter what defense you're going against. When you're facing Derrick Henry, it's not even just getting him down. It's the fact that you're not going to get him on the first attempt. It's going to take a collective effort. It's going to take a lot out of a defense to, you know, have a temporary halt of him. I think he goes off. I think if you need a couple big throws from Ryan Tannehill, he's going to get it done. The Packers, week la- that game against – it was an odd game against Carolina last week. I'm not necessarily holding a lot of stock into it in total, but I think against not a great defense um, from the Tennessee Titans, I think they'll have some success in the air, but not having, or potentially not having Aaron Jones would be a big loss. So I think these are two really good offenses. I actually think the pace uh, will be set by the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to really ground and pound. Uh, I think we might see some big runs from Derrick Henry, but I think a lot of it's just going to be like, you know, hard, tough couple yard gains that just keep the Packers defense on the field. So it might not be as high scoring as expected, but that'll be a plenty of offensive highlights. So I'm going to take the Titans uh, with those three and a half, um, 28, 24 Titans. And it's totally, if this is a regular year with regular situation and you're going to a rock and Lambeau field, I think it's a totally different conversation, but we're just not at that point. So for me, I'm sticking with the Titans um, on the little mini upset. And then last game of the week, we have Monday night football. Buffalo Bills take on the recently eliminated New England Patriots. The Patriots are seven-point underdogs at home. Yeah, I have the Bills covering on the spread, winning 24-17. to Buffalo has the 20th ranked run defense versus the Pats second ranked rushing offense. So that will probably be the Patriots only way to put up points on the board, considering how bad of a passer Cam Newton has been this year. Uh, Buffalo has the second ranked passing offense against the Pats sixth ranked passing defense. Although, oh, and keep in mind the Pats on average have only allowed 151 pass yards in their last three games. So Buffalo is going up against Buffalo, whose main source of offense is their passing, going up against the Patriots' great pass defense, who has been as hot as anyone in these past few games. Uh, This is a great coaching matchup between Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick. So it'll be really interesting to see who can come out on top right there. Uh, Patriots, the only reason I don't have the Patriots this game, as you said, they were eliminated from playoff contention last week. They're 27th in points per game on their offense. I don't think their offense is going to be enough to come out on top against Buffalo's overall pretty high-powered team. I think this is a closer game than most would expect, but I have Buffalo winning in the end. Yeah, I think it's really hard to pick the Patriots in the sense that I don't know how they're 
just awful offense is going to score more than Josh Allen and co. But it's worth noting the last time these team met uh, in Buffalo, the Bills pulled it out 24 to 21. And it was probably Josh Allen's worst game of the year. It was 11 of 18, 154 yards with an interception. I think even though they're eliminated from playoff contention, I still think the Patriots defense can have some success in limiting the Bills offense, which is tough. Um, you saw last week they ran crazy against um, the Denver Broncos. But in the end, it's hard to not pick the Bills outright. I think the Patriots keep it close anyways, though. It's a, it's a, I don't care if they're people or not. You're playing Bill Belichick Monday night in Foxborough. I think um, the Patriots can keep it within a touchdown, but the Bills pull it out in the end um, and march on forward, getting a higher and higher seed. Um, you know, just boosting Josh Allen's ego, go and go, hopefully get eliminated early. Uh, 26-23 Bills. Uh, I'll end my little tangent of hating the Bills. I think I think they still pull it out, but the Patriots cover. Uh, that'll just about do it. I think, you know, unless, unless I miss something, I believe that is our whole slate. I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, again, a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, as always, the Instagram at the dot redshirt. That is where I'll be posting all of the podcasts as well as the blog posts. The blog posts can be found at uh, the redshirt dot blog. Uh, follow the Twitter as well, booting that up at the redshirt blog. Um, Jackson, you were you were here recently. Any any new shameless plugs? Uh, nothing really other than my Instagram at Jackson powers underscore go drop a follow there. If you will. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all I got. Uh, that'll be all for this episode of the red shirt podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in.